It's the True Penny Show with your host, James True Penny. And to join me is our great correspondent, my good friend from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, Mr. Marcus Green. How are we doing, sir? Yes, sir, doing okay. Glad to be back. Uh, faithful listeners can't say that when we, you know, go on break, we don't come back and give you all uh, your money's worth. So, oh no, we're doing three shows today just to catch up with Glate and to get us to the second anniversary show, which I think possibly may be the best Glate show ever. Am I am I am I ballpark there, or am I am I over overblowing things? No, nah, dude. Look, you, you in the Tokyo Dome, you do Tokyo Dome things, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and you do Tokyo Dome level surprises, is what you do. Yeah, we, we've got lots, lots of that to look forward to. So let's talk us about the opening show. We are in our favoritely named building, Umeda Sky Building Stellar Hall in Osaka, Japan, in front of the crowd of two hundred forty-seven. Um, this was a house show, basically. It's only about two hours. It's a nice little watch. But you can tell they're building momentum to something big from this show forward. The opening match was Kazayashi, Kiichi Sato, and Minoru Tanaka. Notably, Kiichi Sato of 60 Seconds, who got the pinfall victory in a match against Chechimatani, Quiet Storm, Reichi Kawakami, 10 minutes and 54 seconds. This kind of put 60 Seconds on the path forward to, hey, maybe they can beat Bulk Orchestra. Because uh, Sato is the less celebrated member of 60 Seconds, and he gets a pinfall victory in a big match. Uh, this was not your standard opening late fair. It was a fun multi-man tag match, but there was a bit more riding on this than the average opening match in a show. What's your thoughts on this one, Marcus? No, this was good. This was fun. Like you said, this uh, gave some clean swords that we will be getting later on uh, on, the, on the big, big, big show. Um and look, like I said, Boca Orchestra, and, and that's kind of the, a lot of through lines throughout these three shows, and, and certainly Boca Orchestra regaining some more of that, uh, getting getting their shine back, if you will, reclaiming some of their footing in terms of uh, dominance. You know, um, kind of like I said, it's a it's a consistent story uh, going through these shows. But here, it's always cool to see. Like I said, they are a test for anybody. They like. They kind of remind me of like uh, Ishii, but as a group. <laughs> just this thing you just can't overcome unless you're just hitting a different gear. And, and, and Hayashi teaming with, with Tanaka has, has been a real good tandem. And you, and you put, you know, Keiichi with that. And it's just, uh, they found a way to pull it out. I think, was it was it uh, Tanaka that ended up getting win with the... Uh, oh, yeah. The oh, yeah. yeah it, was, it was Tanaka with the armbar. But Sato did put an awfully high-level performance. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely. Um, open, good open. Definitely, yes. Next up, we had a singles match. Yuya Susumi um, of Pro Wrestling Pro, Pro Wrestling Now of Fame and former junior heavyweight tag team champion and member of Stinger defeated local local late favorite Yu Izuki. Uh, this Izuki rather. This was kind of uh, like a, a showcase for Susumi, uh, Susumu, I should say, and it was perfectly fine. 
I'm wondering if they'll be using more of Susumu in the future. Yeah, this is my introduction with, with him. Like you said, it was perfectly fine. Didn't didn't go too long. Obviously, you is uh, somebody else that that's coming along and and, and getting more footing in, in situations like this. And this was a good test for him. But uh, yeah, I, I personally thought he was gonna put it out. But obviously, you uh, you kind of got the best of him. So. Um, maybe this isn't the last time we've seen these two clash. Okay, so next up, you had Yunagi Saki and Yukari Hosokawa going up against Itsuki Aoki and Momoko Hanazona. Now, Saki obviously has been the new mentor for Hosaki since uh, Miyuchiko Miyagi has deserted Glee, really. And this was good to see them get a win because, quite frankly... <laughs> The great homegrown women do not do well against outsiders. So for them to get a victory in 10 minutes and 12 seconds, this was pretty impressive stuff for as far as they were concerned. And this was a lot of fun, this match to watch. I really enjoyed it. What did you think of this one, Marcus? Look, the women always deliver when it comes to Glee. And and, and to your point, it, we have said the president of talking about the away team be getting the wins uh, a lot. Uh, unfortunately, and, and, and we have seen, you know, some some home team wins too, but it's it's been kind of in balance. So it was good, like you said, to, to see it here. We're going to be talking about a lot about, uh, I think, Unagi later because it felt like she went off on the second show. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, the women always deliver here. They got great br- brutal exchange of like forearms and slaps and like these, you know, the the women oftentimes out on Gleaton and oftentimes either match or outdo the men. It's always fun. So oh yeah. This was great. Just so much fun to watch. And seeing how Sayaki and Hasakawa are interacting with one another as well. Um really, really cool, definitely. Right, next up we had some black generation international action as El Bendito, the big kaiju of uh uh, Black Generation tag teamed with Yutani to go up against Al Lindemann and a debuting Junji from China. Um, the first Chinese wrestler on a late show, I think. I may be wrong. Um, he is a eight-year pro. He comes from China Wrestling Entertainment. He's done stuff for Middle Kingdom Wrestling um, and a lot of the big indies in China. He's had a year off in the last 12 months. He's had a couple of years off, which tends to strike has injury issues, <laughs> so I hope he's okay. But he's he is kind of got a high impact style, suggests he might be lent towards injury. But he was very impressive in this match. In fact, to be honest with you, I was really surprised Lindemann and Junji lost because <laughs> he was like, "This guy's really good. You can't have him lose in his debut. That's rubbish." But he did. So what can you do? What did you think of this one? Yeah, again, this was uh, kind of my introduction to Junji. Uh, and also, we know El Enderman is, is you know, a, a Gleed stud. But uh, Black Generation got some absolute hitters. And, you know, Utani is already a problem, but you get El Bandito in there. And it's 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 insane, you know, with guys like him. And, uh, you know, guys like Azteca, who we'll get to later, can do. But, uh, yeah, again, Black Generation, they are... You know the the guys to beat right now, um, and you know, also I think perhaps if Linda may have been with somebody uh, that that matched his level, maybe uh, E Ray mm. or something like mm-hmm. that, he might have got it. But because uh, Junji still got a way to go, you can still you know see him find his footing. Um, 
with the chemistry, but I just think that's what it, that's ultimately what it came down to the chemistry because you know black generation I think is just locked in right now with with any combination that they put out. So, like you said, uh, the was about the debut, but it was a good debut. You know, we always talk about those uh, successful losses, and I think that's what that was here. Yeah, um, we should mention, of course, the fearless leader of Black Generation, Keiichi Sato, currently out with a broken arm, um, did turn up to do promos with a cast which had been signed by the members of Black Generation, which was nice of them. <laughs> um, yeah. Next up, we had another match which pitted Bork Orchestra against 60 Seconds, Juntansho and Tizzy Izuchi going up against Hayato Tamara and Kazuma Sakamoto. Not quite the first team choices for uh, Bulk Orchestra, because usually tomorrow packs with tomorrow packs with Chechimitani and Sakamoto packs with Kawa, uh, tags with Kawakami. But 14 minutes and 11 seconds, this was a bit of a mini thriller, and really whet your appetite for that big match at Tokyo Dome City Hall, where 60 seconds would go up against Bulk Orchestra in a winner takes all and losers must disband match. So this was kind of like pretty emotional and, you know, kind of set the stage for what we could expect at the Tokyo Dome City Hall. Yeah, man, you know me, I'm a 60 seconds guy, always rooting for those fellas, man. Uh, um, but they feel like they set me up for some heartbreak. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, these first couple of shows, but uh, yeah, you, you love to see it. You know, those guys fight hard. They they fight, you know, they, they you know, vocal chemistry is that test and they fight hard and they, they you know, like you said, this was setting up what was coming later, and this was a meant, like you said, a mini thriller. And Tansho and, and Izuchi is just a two studs, man. And it's not easy to top somebody like tomorrow and Sakamoto because they just bulky wild cards. But you know, uh, while they stacked them, uh, you know, that, that 60 seconds high octane offense fast and you know, spreading it, spreading it around, and they, they just they ended up getting it out. So, um, like I said, it was a great setup, and certainly for what was coming later on uh, these next two bouts, which didn't go long, but they went strong. So, yeah, it was good stuff. Yes, indeed. Uh, you had a lot of background noise again then, but it's dropped away again now. So, I don't know what you did, but keep doing that. <laughs> I'll have some editing to do on this one, I think. Right, anyway, let's move on. Samoa Watanabe, the number one contender to the G-Rex Championship, had a special singles match uh, going up against Emperado Azteca of Big Lucha and also a member of Bulk Orchestra. This went seven, seven minutes and six seconds. It was interesting, like, they put some Watanabe and T-Hawk up against a couple of monsters um, in Azteca and T-Hawk got Hartley Jackson. Yeah, this was, uh, this, this was an interesting match to see how they were building Watanabe who me and you have pushed as a main event talent since we started watching the company, but he's never really quite shown the promise of everything he has. He has all the tools. He has an incredible skill set. He's good looking. He's hardworking. He's got, he can shoot. He's got everything you want in a pro wrestler in a Japanese wrestling company. Um, and this was his chance to shine. And he's not letting this opportunity slip him by at this point. This match was exceptionally good for what it was. But the idea was a tune-up match for T-Hawk. So what did you think of this one, Marcus? Yeah, um, you know, great minds, because that's exactly how I looked at these bouts. Um, and, and it's ironic they both of them are under 10 minutes, but I'm sure they felt longer than 10 minutes. <laughs> but uh, Martin Nava and certainly T-Hawk. 
Uh, but yeah, that was just great stuff, man. Emperor Azteca, like all the, all the Glee big guys, basically come off like like overweight cruiserweights. Um, you know, certainly somebody like uh, you know, Gamal. But uh, yeah, this was this was a great bout. Like you know, this is constantly building and building and building. You know, Watanabe towards obviously what we you know talk about later. Um, but he pulls out, and bro, you know, Azteca is somebody that's great. You know, a great watch, great attire, all that thing. He's he's another one that seems like he got all the tools. Um, he kind of reminds me of um, what Santo Escobar was in Lucha Underground. Yeah. Um, as, as the hitter, but uh, yeah, uh, it, it was a great bout. Like I said, it, it didn't it, it wasn't ten minutes, but it felt like you know it was it was a hearty match. You know, you didn't didn't feel like it was missing anything. So yeah, definitely. <clears throat> All right, then. Next up, your G-Rex champion defeated Hartley Jackson in 6 minutes and 51 seconds. The Black Generations International's major enforcer couldn't put away the champ. Again, this was kind of showcasing what T-Hawk could do, and it was a nice way of tuning them up fairly for this big stakes championship match. Um, so, yeah, and again, this kind of like goes to show you the faith they have in T-Hawk and in Son Watanabe to have the big singles match. Though there was an interesting switch around when we get to Tokyo Dome City Hall, which we'll talk about when we get there. Because, as always, it was a UWF Ledet match card and a Glate card on the same night. Um, but they switched the order, and the UWF guys went last. And we'll talk about that at the time. But, you know, they, they didn't get to main event the big Tokyo Dome show, but it was certainly, like, the biggest Glate show on that particular card. Oh, absolutely. Um... Yeah, yeah, you, like you said, T Hawk showed out again, uh, and it, I mean it's always interesting seeing how anybody can kind of you know break down somebody like Harley Jackson because he just keeps coming. But that I mean that's what you got to do, and that's what T Hawk did. Broke him down, you know, uh, got him to the point where he could you know get the big man down for three, which is something unique and rare because we usually see him more so often to those uh, mixed tag situations, or not mixed tag, mm-hmm. but multi man tag mm-hmm. situations, and he ends up making the difference for the team. Because, you know, they, they end up just not being able to take them down when they need to or, or to keep them on the outside. So getting him in a one-on-one situation was great. Really a perfect opponent set up for uh, a championship match. And then obviously we had, you know, Watanabe come out, you know, with the meddling and get into y'all's face. Like, you know, there's nothing in our way standing, you know, being up for the big show. So uh, they lead always builds stuff up good like this, so it's it's uh, great to see. And like you say, even though they did main event the dome show, they put on a main event match. So. Exactly. <laughs> so we get to the main event of this particular show, which featured Black Generation International, Flamita, Katoro Suzuki, and Yutani. Arguably the, I guess the most solid trio, except when Sato's involved. Um, of Black Generation International going up against Yan's family, Takanori Ito at Yuseki Kidama and their latest acquisition, Issei Onitsaka, who is a living case of Stockholm Syndrome, if ever I saw one, um, having gone from not wanting to be in the faction, kidnapped by the faction, and now clearly its biggest cheerleader. Um, this is for I, 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 I I love Kadama. I love Onitskaya, and obviously we all love Ito just for his big hoss moments. So yeah, this is great. Now, this is interesting, man. I, this me being in the rock and the hard place. I've fallen for y'all's family, 
uh, you know, in, in a way that's 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 good. And and in a way, I feel like across these three shows, Kadama ended up being an MVP. Oh yeah, because I'm sitting there like, you know, you got Issei and Ito right there. You can kind of, you know, this is not knocking him in the past or anything, but you because you got those two studs next to you, you can kind of, you know, they take your foot off the pedal a little bit, and 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 for for. For the most part, Kadama's been known as the, you know, the kind of sporadic joker, but he really turned it up for these shows to the point where he got a lot of face time in this match. Um, I almost felt like a handicap at times, but, uh, you know, he really showed up and showed out. And, you know, I was caught between a rock and a hard place because even though I might not, uh, you know, I was the back generation is, you know, the big bad of, of the, you know, of Gleet, but who? You can't watch Flamita and not start sharing. Like he's like, you know, like a video game character come to life, and you turn in Suzuki and Stubbs, but like you get Flamita, and it's just like this dude is just too fluid. Um, it's like poetry in motion, and then you put those things, you know, in a trio, and then up against y'all's family, who was constantly getting better in every sense of the word. And it was just a great, great showing, you know. Like I said, Kadama, you know, really, really showed out. On across these three calls, and it's been it's been cool to see because I've kind of been waiting for him to do that, you know, because I feel like he's been the missing link in terms of taking it to the next level. Where if they do potentially get a, and this is not me calling for more titles because Gleep I think does you know better when you know it's kind of honed in uh, on the number side. But if they do get a trios, I think they'd be the perfect first champion. I would agree with that definitely, and I think as well. Kadama's kind of like, he's the one character wrestler. They've all got gimmicks and they all have characters. But the one, he's yeah. the one overt character wrestler with that kind of creepy guy gimmick, which, you know, shouldn't work. And Chef definitely shouldn't work as a babyface, but the fans were rallying behind him. You know, he was he was getting over without really changing his character around too much. I know they're off again. They, they are kind of heels, but they were up against the biggest heels in the company. So that kind of given, you know, faces by default status, you know. Yeah. Um, so, it, but it was interesting to see how the fans react, reacted to Kadama, especially as a guy who, yeah. who does kind of rely on interaction with the crowd and stuff, and they were getting behind him. Yeah, it's, it's also interesting too, because like you see somebody like like Boko, I mean, you know, Black Generation doesn't necessarily do it, and they come out in all black and they just those guys. Then you get Boko Castro. They they you you know they got their flag and they obviously they color coordinated as well and they do their promotion stuff doing you know for the match. But Yon's family doing the whole thing is constantly promoting the Yon's family colors and flag because every time they do a move, it's like ah oh, look at the apron. They're like oh look at the you know. So I think you know this as wrestling fans, obviously you know there's you know varying differences between the Japanese and American audiences, but they just. They, I guess, naturally attune to stuff like that, even if they don't necessarily want to. Over time, it kind of wears on. But uh, yeah, it's just uh, it's it's really been cool to see the rise of young fans, particularly like to your point, like you're saying, they've had a uh, very interesting recruiting process. So. <laughs> Kidnap people! It's the way forward. <laughs> Next up, we're a Fukuoka Dome for version 55. We're at Fukuoka Nishitetsu's Hall. 311 in attendance. This show opened with Black Generation, El Bandito, and Yutani uh, going up against Yan's family again. It's Ayon Asuka and Takanora Ito. 10 minutes and 29 seconds. This time, Yan's family get the loss. Black Generation gets some momentum back, which they kind of desperately needed at this particular point. And they seem a bit lost without Saito 
he's at ringside, but he's not in the ring with them. And that kind of, I think it was a nice story to tell with the fact that they're not quite as good without the boss there. There's a, there's a nice symmetry to that. We, we need, we need that guy. Yeah. And it's always interesting too, because even when he's in the match, it almost feels like, and this is, this is a credit to him. Like he, he takes a back seat, but his, his, you know, it never feels like he's being left out to the point where his presence is just like completely gone. I think that that's speaks to, I guess the, you know, the best qualities of a leader where he can, you know, be there and allow the others to shine around him, but never lose the bravado that he has as, as, as the guy. So like you said, to your point, I think it, you know, speaks a lot that, that, you know, he's not there. And then you got this growth with Jan's uh, family, which is interesting because you would think with, you know, you know, Issei and, and, and Takanora there, you know, they're basically the aces of their particular faction right now. And then, you know, but Utani has been going strong. And then El Bandito is just a completely different breed. So um, this was a good combination to put together. Uh, but yeah, like you're saying, they desperately needed to win because obviously with the boss man down, it's like, you know, who's going to kind of go step up and take that spot. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that. um, it, um, Sato has kind of a... Sato's kind of a similar presence in Black Generation International that Okada does in Chaos in that mm. sense of, and NATO in LIJ to an extent of, he, he's the dominating option. NATO isn't so much because you've got Shingo there and you know, you've know you got some strong characters within that faction and it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out with the new members of the faction. But, you know, Sato is an overwhelming guiding presence in that particular faction. Not because the other guys are not as good as he is, but just because he's got so much character and so much um, charisma. There's a dark yeah. charisma about him that kind of just dominates the screen. You know. You, yeah, without being overt. Yeah. 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 You, you know, when you see when you see them like posing at the beginning, just coming down the ramp, and they're all stood there, and the Sato's in the middle on Sato's in the middle kneeling down. But it just draws your attention to him. Not to say that they aren't great; they all are. It's you know, it's one of the strongest factions in Japanese wrestling. But it is just the, it's just the presence he has, even with a broken arm, yeah. it becomes someone who's needed on this show. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. It almost kind of reminds me of because uh, I'm an anime fan. Like when you see those animes and there's like the dark group shows up and there's all these big hulking guys, but it's the, the smaller guy in the middle that's really the leader, and he's giving off a completely different energy. And you're like, whoa, that's 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 actually cool. So yeah, they they definitely got that 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 uh, energy going on. It did made me laugh today because I was like, I'm reading about Drake who got into trouble for wearing pink nail varnish. And I'm like, well, I know two guys in uh, Glade, El Lindemann and Keiichi Sato, always have perfectly manicured and painted nails. <laughs> What's wrong with that? <laughs> Homophobes. Anyway, let's move on to the next match. Yusuke Kadama of your Yans family went up against Yusuke, who's not having a good run of things, blessing at the moment. Seven minutes and 24 seconds, but again, Kadama, just super smooth, like Ricky Steamboat smooth. Didn't think yeah, we had man. it in him smooth. <laughs> yeah, it's, I mean, smooth and like giving off some Seamus vibes as well with the, just the toughness. Like he, and I think that plays into like what you were talking about earlier about that kind of 
that kind of creepy gimmick because you don't oftentimes pay attention until they did like well I didn't until they did a close up. I'm like, oh, his eyes are different. Um, like you said, just with kind of that 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 character uh, that he has. But you know, like I said, he's like an MVP for me throughout these three shows because he really turned it up. It's like I know like he say and he told the guys that people are looking at, but I can turn it up another gear too. And poor you, he's. You know he's you know he gives as good as he can get, but I, I feel like Yusuke, uh he was just in a different mindset here, uh, and I feel like we're gonna see some some form of a, a climb for you um, coming up here, hopefully sooner rather than later. But yeah, because Kadama was just you know on a roll for these three shows. Yeah, it, it's, yeah. It's, he was he did something special in this run, he really did. So there we go. Next up, we had another tune-up match, this time featuring four people who had teamed together wrestling each other. Akari, sorry, Akari from JWP, tag, sorry, J-Pure. Oh, sad times that JWP doesn't exist anymore and they had to change the name because someone bought the rights out and just, just evil towards them. Anyway, J-Pure's <laughs> Akira tagged with Yunagi Sayaki, who has been kind of leading the women in Gleet, even though she isn't a member of the Gleet roster, but there we are. Um, she they defeated Raiden Hagane of JPure, who was tagging with Yukari Hosokawa, Sayaki's new protege. Nine minutes and thirty-one seconds. Interesting finish. Sayaka lifted Hosokawa and then gave her a finishing maneuver. I am wondering if that was a level of I'm still the boss or a level of showing respect to Hosokawa that she needed the finisher to make sure she got the job done. I'm not so sure, but there are seeds being planted there that concern me as a fan of baby faces. What did you think of this one, Marcus? That that's very interesting. You said that I'm I'm more leaning towards like the I'm the boss type of thing because she she carried that energy throughout the whole match. Mm. Um, she was like all over the place. It felt like even when she wasn't legal, it felt like she was in the ring. Um, Daigo was definitely going off, and then um. You know, obviously, uh, Akari was there, and, and you know, like I said, the women always deliver. Um, but it, it felt like Sayaka was on a different gear, and you, you saw that towards the end, certainly with the, the last, like, minute and a half. Uh, she hit her with, uh, you know, I kind of felt like, uh, I guess, the uh, the blade runner, but with a, uh, like, a STO vibe to it, so... That that was great as well, but yeah, she definitely kicked it up a notch, and it was really cool to see. Um, and they could run this combination back or do a, a four way if they want to. But yeah, uh, Yudagi definitely was trying to make a statement. I also feel like there's obviously some respect in there, but um, yeah, I definitely feel like she she's putting a, a foot down and letting it be known, like no matter who y'all see here, I'm the one to watch. Indeed. And the rest of that story would play out also at Tokyo Dome City Hall as Michiko Miyagi picked a team of personal badasses to go up against these four. We'll talk about that in a moment. Next, we moved on to another singles match, Soma Watanabe, and yet another tune-up match. Took on Junjie of China, who we talked about on the previous show, who had an incredible tour. <laughs> it's like his debuts go by gum. He cracked it. Um, he's never wrestled in Japan before. As far according to Cage Match, he may have done some shows on smaller independents. So this was uh, this was the way to set about, um, you know, debuting. To be honest with you, has a stellar presence, can go. Um, I don't know what his promos are going to be like in Japanese, um, but we shall see. I no doubt. I hope they bring him back. I really enjoyed his work. What did you think of it, Marcus? 
Yeah, I like this kid. Like he's he's another one that you know, time is going to be his friend because he's only going to get better. And putting him, you know, in the deeper side of the pool, on on starting out is is only going to make him better. Uh, Watanabe, like you said, um, has just been building and building and going to be building towards that dome. So for a hell of a match, but you know, um, it was a good tune up and and. Junji, like you said, hopefully it's the last time we see him, we get more of him. Maybe he gets uh, quote-unquote recruited <laughs> from someone. Who knows? Um, but yeah, it was it was another good outing. Like you said, a tune-up match. You got to build. You got to you got to build your challenges up. Indeed. Yeah. Uh, next up, we have a bit more of a development in the ongoing Bulk Orchestra drama. As Chet Shibitano and Yoichi Kawakami went up against Black Generation Internationals, Flamita and Hartley Jackson. Flamita and Hartley Jackson won, which isn't a surprise, given Kawakami's absolutely dreadful record since he came back from injury. And once again, we had serious miscommunication, which could only have raised the hearts of 60 seconds even more. 11 minutes and 14 seconds. This was a wonderful piece of storytelling. But if you found like Bulk Orchestra, this was not good to see. <laughs> and I know a man who likes Bork Orchestra. He's called Marcus Green. What did you think of this, sir? Yeah, I mean, to, again, to your point, it's uh, it's interesting because they they've been the stronghold uh in in the, in in Gleek for the longest. Uh, their consistency and, and and dominance has been unmatched up until recently. Obviously, you got Black Generation coming in, and you know them losing the you know the, losing the tag titles as well, and. You know, Lil Chinks and Arms have been coming here and there, and they usually somebody that could throw a number of combinations to get the job done, but not this time. You know, that's that's the when you see miscommunication between Bulk Orchestra and um, you know something is going on, and you can be fine on all cylinders and still lose. You can be fine on all cylinders and have a good day and still lose to Flamita and Harley Jackson. So, you know, anything less than that, and it was you know, like you said, it was kind of a foregone conclusion. But it's more so towards the story of, of seeing some fault within, you know, kind of major component of uh, Bulk Orchestra. It's, it's not like the whole thing is going to come crumbling down, but even the piece with everything that they built is, is, is disconcerting, you know. I uh, Just to, just to <laughs> tell you how, how bad Kawakami's um, record has been. Uh, Kawakami's had a winning record since 2015. He was about 50-50 in 2014 and 13, had losing records before that. And this year, he has a 30% winning record compared to last year's 63% winning record, which would tell you the kind of story they're telling you this particular show. And uh, it, I like it. I like it a lot because, you know, it makes wins and losses matter. That's the point, isn't it? <laughs> you know? The reason why these factions group into factions is to have wins and be a team and, you know, band together to help each other have more wins and earn more money. That's the point. So it's it's nice that they're actually stressing on that for a change. Yeah, and also you can always, you know, take that story so many different places because it's like, you know, it could be one of those situations where it's like when, when one lose, we all lose. And then it could be like, no, when I lose, I lose. You know, in, in that situation. So, you know, they could take that in, in several different directions. We've seen some people defect and go other places. We've seen some people just defect and go on their own. So it's going to be interesting seeing exactly how that develops. But, you know, to your point, again, you know, 
that that those numbers have to play into you know the mind of the person as well so um who knows miscommunication unintentionally may lead to some uh, miscommunication intentionally coming up you know indeed Next, we have another tune-up match. In fact, this this card felt more like a traditional Japanese promotionals matches series than house show match than anything else. Like if you watch a New Japan show, house show, or a Noah house show, or an All Japan house show, you see lots of multi-man tags with people who are feuding against each other. So, like, I don't know if um, uh, Ishii's having that Ishii's having currently having business with El Desperado, so therefore Strong Style Wrestling Chaos all the time. So you see that mm. all the time. And this was much yeah. more like that. You had color counts, Kazayashi and Minoru Tanaka, the number one contenders to the G-Infinity Tag Team titles, along with Seichi Ikimoto, resident shooter, uh, who's kind of got a lot of great outings. Coming up against Voodoo Murders, Jun Saito and Rei Saito, the current G-Infinity champions, and fellow Voodoo members member Kono from All Japan Pro Wrestling. And this was an interesting match from that particular point of view. I'm not saying it was, you know, flare steamer or anything because Sato was not that great, but <laughs> it, it, it told the story they needed to tell. And Hayashi, uh, Hayashi and Tanaka take a win there, um, thus uh, setting uh, her up for uh, the main event. Oh, well, the tag team title match on Tokyo Dome City Hall show a couple of days later. I just love it because it's like, okay, where did he come from? Like, did he got to be related to him? It's just like, it's too, too big as hell. Like, it's too big as hell. But I love, like, like you said, great match. I love when, the, I love when Tanaka is just feeling himself, and 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 just like, like you know, obviously him and Ayashi a great combination, and 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 Seichi, you know, is, is a stud. But when Tanaka is on and you got that confidence, you know, it's, it's really good because you see how talented he is, and he kind of. You know, he's turned that arm ball into kind of like his RKO out of nowhere, and you love to see it. Um, but I kind of like how, like, like the Satos was like, you could have all that swagger now, but this wasn't a title match. <laughs> 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 he was just looking at him like, you can brag and be smiling now. You didn't beat us for the belts. Like, it's, it's like this win don't matter. So, you know, also, we're going to get to that match, but I just, I love the confidence that was feeling the beauty, brutal muscle murder was just looking like. You can have this now, but you won't be laughing at all later. And you know why. <laughs> so, yeah, because yeah, they've got about a foot on color camps, really. That was, that was, that's the other issue. I, I, I don't want to be negative because I think they have great presence, but their wrestling skill isn't, isn't, doesn't match up to the presence. Do you know what I mean? I, I'm glad they picked Tanaka and Hayashi, who really know how to get the best out of guys as their first champion. It was very clever booking. <laughs> I realized that Hayashi and Tanaka are the bookers. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it, it's... No, go ahead. I was just say, but it, it did make sense that the two most experienced wrestlers in the, on the roster should take those two on to give them the absolute best match that they could. No, absolutely. And, and no, because it, it's definitely, like you said, it, it's the swagger, but then it's the execution. And the execution is, is very much relegated to the size and the aesthetic. Um, because if it was probably me or you uh, booking it, the champions would be the ch- the challenges, you know. <laughs> um, but you know, you kind of going with the you know the, the 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 stacked of it all, and you know, being these two big mountains that you got to get over with, and that you can't really you can chop them down. But if 
you chop at them, but if they don't go down, they still standing, and you got to deal with that. So uh, we'll we'll get into that when we talk about the match. But uh, yeah, I'm definitely with you there. Like with the execution, is kind because of, at this point it's predictable because you know what's coming. You know it's it's kind of repetitive and not lumbering, but a little stagnant. Yeah, definitely. Okay, then next up we have Stronghearts, El Lindemann and Tiho going Umpera Azteca and Katoru Suzuki of Black Generation International. This was a fun little outing. Um, kind of again getting T-Hawk and El Lindemann moving forward uh, with their particular um, efforts that they have to deal with on the big show. So it was kind of a tune-up for them, nothing particularly serious, but a nice little um uh, palette cleanser before we get to a stacked main event, but this was a lot of fun to watch. And oh, Emperor Azteca, he's so, Emperado, Emperado Azteca. I should get the pronunciation right. He's just so cool. I just love oh, watching him wrestle. And absolutely, Katoru Suzuki, yeah. legend. Um, so this just couldn't be bad, could it? No, the absolute studs. I'm absolutely, you know, love. Emperor that like the guy just he has it all the aesthetic the you know his belt sick you know it's, it's just great uh and then like you said Suzuki you know Suzuki absolute legend and then you got two studs absolute studs probably the strongest hearts of strong hearts and Linderman and T Hawk so it's um you know 14 minutes you know 54 seconds or if it, if it went you know. Even shorter than that, it would have felt, you know, like a great time because those those four guys just, you know, they they can't miss to me. No, definitely not. It's it's just they're just too good. <laughs> Simple as that. They're just that good. Sixty seconds versus Bulk Orchestra. Hayato Tamura, Kazuya Kazuma Sakamoto, and Quiet Storm defeated John Tonchu, Kiyoshi Sato. And Tetsu Izuchi as they got the train back on the tracks as best they possibly could in a bit of a barnstorming main event. This was this was awesome. And there was so much momentum off this main event going into the next show. I absolutely love this. It set the tone so well for what was about to come. Um, I, I can't say how great this match was. It was just just a blast. And watching Quiet Storm, you know, I love the guy because he's such a big hitter, and but still has so much grace. Um, he was kind of like the man of the second behind Kadama, the second man of the weekend, just for just for the effort he put in in matches where he wasn't the main attraction, but he knew yeah. how to he knows how to make the main attraction work. You know, he's he's a brilliant supporting player, and he's got a story coming up, so he's building towards that story whilst getting everybody else over in the process. And I just love that; he's just so good. Yeah, and I just love, like I said, you know, you got to you got to love both because they they've been a standard for Glee, and then uh, you know, a, a big fan of sixty seconds because I just love those guys' tenacity and just overall style and you know execution with everything. And um, but it's that that classic story, you know, you can you know sixty seconds with the hot octane fast offense, the, the, the disorient uh, the opponents, but if you can't outlast both, it's not gonna beat them. And and tomorrow and 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 Kazma and and Quiet, that's a hell of a trio. You know, I I put those guys against any any trio. That's a tough trio. Um, and you know, uh, ultimately the fans won here. Um, this was a good match to rate, cage match. But you know, that uh, that's an ongoing thing between us and them. But uh, 
yeah, it was it was just good. 18 minutes and 36 seconds is a great way to lead off into what is going to be a hell of a show. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, baby. This is as good as it gets, ladies and gentlemen. This is pro wrestling. Um, main event, the main event of the tour, well, the Glate version six, second anniversary show. For those of you who don't follow the numbering, Glate run a, run a, a numbering for their regular house shows, hence we're on version 55, their big events, which is, um, numbered every, I think it, well, version six, every four months, they do a big show either at Tokyo City Dome or at Curricane Hall, um, and usually gets a crowd around a thousand five hundred to a thousand people um and yeah this opened with the traditional gathering of the roster in the uh in the ring and a big rousing speech from mel lindeman explaining um what's gone on in the last two years with the company and then the group broke and we're back into factions and we're going to open the show with this Ayanetskaya and Yusuke Kadama going up against Jinji and Shigehiro Iri. Iri is a member of Strong Hearts, but is not on the Glate roster. In fact, he spent the last month here in the UK uh, wrestling all over the place because he likes to get about a bit. And I don't think he likes being tied down to one company. But when he's in Tokyo, he's a member of Glate, uh, but he's a member of Strong Hearts. So he goes and supports Strong Hearts guys, but he's not actually on the Glate roster. So there you go. Four minutes and 47 seconds, though. Junji loses in another one, but it kind of establishes how good Kadama and Onitsaka are as a tag team. And again, Kadama was just absolutely awesome. What did you think of this one, Marcus? Again, he's a, he's a, he's a you know, trifecta show MVP for me. Um, Kadama's really finding that, that next gear, making himself, you know, uh, a, a true standout in, in, in Yon's family. And like I said, Junji's only going to get better. Uh, E-Ray, you know, he, he's filled, you know, he's a made man at this point. Um, you know, so uh, four minutes didn't need to be, didn't need to overstay his welcome because we had some stuff that needed to overstay the welcome later down the card. But um, <laughs> it, it, was, it was, it was, it was a good opener. It was a good opener. Yon's family has had a hell of, hell of a weekend. Indeed. Right then, next up was another six-man tag, which was actually insane. <laughs> Galano <Yes>. Del Mar <laughs> tagged Galano Del Mar of Bulk Orchestra in Quiet Storm, tagged with Haneoka, um, a guest, uh, not a Bulk Orchestra member, um, but a 17-year uh, veteran who's wrestled for lots of different people. He's currently in, he's an independent He's a freelancer, but this year he's had matches uh, with Pro Wrestling Kikagi, uh, Pro Wrestling Bakutsu, uh, New Professional Pro Wrestling, Secret Base. I think they announced him as a Secret Base roster member. He's been with Secret Base for the last three years. He debuted in Torimon, Mexico, which makes him a protege of uh, Ultimo Dragon. So he's a lucha guy. And across the ring is Emperado Azteca, El Bendito, and Mazada. There ain't many more lucha guys than them three except Mazada, who's a new japan junior heavyweight turned freelancer but he, he can lucha he, spe he speaks a bit of lucha and do you know who speaks a lot of lucha but you'd never recognize it is quiet storm <laughs> you did every bump and flow you could possibly imagine for bendito and azteca and it was a beautiful sight to see this 
big lumpy guy doing backflips and stuff. It was amazing. This match had no right to be as good as it was, and it was absolutely outstanding. I loved it to bits. It had no story. It, it was just there to, to make you go, ooh, and I went ooh a lot, and that's sometimes all you need. What did you think of it, Marcus? Oh, man, it's just, look, it's Galino Del Mar who has some of the best uh, coming to the ring uh, attire I've seen. Like, that whole get-up is chef's kiss. Uh, but you got him in a match with El Bandito and Emra Azteca. Uh, not taking away anything from Hanaka, Storm, or Mazada, but you look at those three and just go, like, it's 5 o'clock somewhere. Like, <laughs> 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 it's 5 o'clock somewhere. Uh, but like you said, man, it's, it had no story, needed no story. You just sat down, got your little bucket of popcorn, and enjoyed this for everything that it was. Um uh, you know, I've, I've never seen more almost seven foot, uh, you know, what felt like cruiserweights in my life. You know, so it, it's it's just great to see. You love to see it. Uh, you can only see it in Glee. Uh, it feels like they, they, they're they honing it in, in, in a way. Not only see it in Glee, but uh, in this particular uh, way in Glee. And it's just, it's great. They could run this. They could run this on another show. That's not this big dawn show as a main event in the work just as just as well. Yeah, just insane. Just I, I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just oh god, I watched that. I'm gonna watch that one again. I might want to watch this until Cardio at some point, but this was just great. Yeah, it's, um, it's and we gotta get in touch with the Glee guys that the you know get the true penny show some of that uh that Glee gear because those track jackets that they were wearing over the show was great. Yeah, definitely. Ah, let's see. Uh, next up, yeah, the title match. Yeah, yep. first of the championship matches and the first really emotional match on the card. Voodoo Mercer's Jun Sato and Ray Sato successfully defended the G Infinity Tag Team Championships at the first events against Color Counts, Kazayashi and Minoru Tanaka, but through, not through lack of trying. This was pretty stiff. It wasn't the greatest wrestling match I've ever seen, I must admit. It did seem to go on for quite a long period of time, considering the combatants were involved and probably could have been a bit more of a clobbering, I think. and would have would have been... What's the word I'm looking for? Would have... Would have improved with brevity, let's say. Um, and the cage match users agreed with me. 4.8 on nine votes. Yeah, I can't disagree with that. Having said that, Kazayashi and Tanaka worked their socks off to get the best match they could out of Saito, the Saito brothers, who, like us, like we said, got tons of presence, not necessarily the legs to carry a tag team title match, the, the quality that we used to in Glate. Not to say the quality in all Japan is less, it's clearly not, and there are all Japan wrestlers on this card we'll talk about later. But yes, this was this was good, not great, but kind of necessary. What's your thoughts on this one, Marcus? Yeah, to say it all right, if 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 uh, Paz and Minoru weren't working against the narrative of these two big hulking monster aesthetics, they would be the champion. Hmm. Uh, but the Voodoo Murders have the big monster narrative, uh, which which is 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 more important for them as champions than you know getting guys who can you can you know work around the clock around anybody. But uh, this, this did what it needed to do. Uh, like you said, it might have overstayed its welcome just because, you know, so this match is, you know, uh, you know, 
Cavs and Manorio playing, you know, lumberjacks and they're trying to chop down these two big trees. But, you know, if you don't if you don't finish and knock them out and, and the trees don't fall, then they, they didn't fall. And that's kind of what where it went here to kind of outlast them. And, you know, it's a, it's a, like you said, this was a stiff affair. They picked up Cavs and had to go to the other side of the ring to throw him to the other side of the ring. <laughs> like, I'm like, Yo, and, and they almost overshot it. So that's that's like I said, it was, it was a long night, but uh, again, it's gonna be interesting seeing who eventually. And then, kudos to Glee because they do have the guys that could eventually do it, and it would be a certain faction that I root for. If not for later events, that would be heartbreaking. Mm. But uh, yeah, uh, potentially anyway. But uh, yeah, it's like I said, when these guys uh, initially won the belts, it feels like a situation where they're gonna drop the titles when they want to. Because uh, it's just like I said, that's a that's a that's a hell of a two hell of a trees to chop down, you know. Yeah, we'll we'll see what happens. But the, there's some obvious guys to do the job, yeah. um, and, and would make it a really great main event as well. Um, next up, we have more emotions. This yeah. was, this was all the feels. Isuki Yoki, Raidina Hagani, and Yunagi Sanaki tag team with Yukiro Hakusakawa. The only Galate loyalist left in the women's division on the wrestling side, not on the shooting side, to go up against Michioko Miyagi's hand-picked army of terror, Ao Ujenai Kai and Risa Sera. Um, the only trouble with this match was is Miyagi's hand-picked Legion of Terror is the coolest Legion of Terror you could possibly pick, and I kind of rooted for them because oh my god. <laughs> Man, I'm so glad you said that. <laughs> I felt bad. I yeah. personally felt bad. I'm like, I'm not. I'm. I'm. No, this is not right right now. I, am no. I rooting for Nexus? Am I yeah. rooting for Nexus right now? <laughs> yeah. It, 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 I love Kai. Um A couple of years ago, for Steel Chair Wrestling Magazine, I was asked who is the woman that's going to, who are the wrestlers that are going to change the wrestling industry, and she was my pick. Um, and. Risa Sarah, me and John love Risa Sarah because she wrestles for, um, well, she's part owner of the company in prominence. Um, Deathmatch specialist. So is it John loves her. Um, not quite so deathy here, but brought some of that deathmatch action. AOI, I don't know so well, but she's Miyagi's new protege. And from what I've seen, I really enjoy her work because she's kind of like the anti-Joshi. Black t-shirt, black tights, kick your head in. Can't argue with that. And they're going up against the baby faces who were lovely, but I wanted to see him get a kick in. And that was kind of like not what was supposed to happen. Because <laughs> I'm yeah. like, I'm, I've been a fan of Miyagi since she was in Sendai Girls like eight years ago. And, and I've been a fan of Root Sarah for years and Kai for years. And I like Aoi. And it's like, I had, to, I had to cheer for the bad guys in this one. Sorry, folks. But they're awesome. <laughs> It was just one of them things, and you know, I've, I was, you know, I've been a fan of Miyagi since I first saw her, and uh, you know, she's had an up and up and down in terms of wins and losses. It feels like we've been waiting for a trigger to be pulled up for some time, and she pulled it. <laughs> um, she pulled it hard. She pulled it hard. Uh, and I was like I said, uh, Yunagi was coming in this into this match with a lot of momentum, and she came into this with a lot of momentum. But when you got uh, one, two, three. Four, uh, four sets of feet coming at you all at once. Mm. It's 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 look, man. That that seven minutes and forty eight seconds had to feel like 
you know, you know, almost 30 minutes, you know, because that was the, it was just it was a beating. It, you, can, you can call it a match, but it was what it was was a statement, you know, and uh, we, we heard it loud and clear. And like I said, me and James was in the back with our flags waving, rooting. Like medium, medium loud because we're trying to be respectful to the team that we actually wanted to see win. But it's just like they just look too good. Like they they did this like several times. I'm like, that's a magazine cover. No, that's a oh, magazine. Right. Cover. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it, there was there was an angle. Of, well, it was the angle that set off. Um, I'm trying to remember their name now. Ugh. They've retired and they used to be in stardom. And I keep saying they because they came out as non-binary not long ago. And I'm trying to remember their name, and I can't. It's really annoying me. But essentially, in Joshi, about eight, seven or eight years ago, there was a massive youth movement, um, in which basically revolved around Sendai Girls and the other aligned companies of Sendai Girls, which ended in an elimination uh, a elimination gauntlet match essentially 10 of the youngsters versus 10 of the veterans and those youngsters all went on to be major stars and it kind of made joshi for the next five or six years and this felt like that and that was booked by Miko satamora who is michiko miyagi's trainer so she knows how to make this stuff work i like the you know the the Satamora was the captain of one team and she wouldn't release who her opening leg was going to be. And they're at Currican Hall and the crowd's at fever pitch because they don't know what it's going to be. And it's Don Matsumoto. <laughs> and the look on, I can't remember who she was wrestling, but the look on her face was like, oh, God, no. <laughs> yeah. And then Mats- Matsumoto gets disqualified because she just stabs her with a pair of scissors in the first two minutes. But she, oh, got, wow. <laughs> she got the job done. That was the point. <laughs> we'll send in that's do it. yeah that's it you know and it's like and then the veterans were on the go you see they, they had the, they had their start and it was like they gave the and they were all command bolshoi and, and dynamite kansai and they kicked heads and it went on for three hours one match that lasted three hours with 10 participants it was just it's the, arguably the best night of wrestling i've ever seen and this felt like that i have not felt excited about joshi as for a long time, as much as I feel like as excited about seeing this, and and it's because I I, it's, I love Miyagi and I love Sarah and I love Kai and I'm growing to love Ao. So we'll see what happens, won't we? Yeah, it was it was beautifully tragic to witness. Indeed, and then disaster struck. <laughs> Not in a bad way. The match was great. <laughs> But it was Bulk Orchestra, Chek Shimatami, Hayoto Tamura, Kaz Sakamoto, and Ryuchi Kawakami defeating 60 seconds, John Tungsho, Keichi Sato, and Tetsuya Yuzuki in 14 minutes and 21 seconds. And an absolute thriller. Absolute thriller. This was a handicap match, four on three. So Bulk Orchestra had the advantage. But it didn't look like it because 60 seconds ran ring around him for about 12 minutes of this match because, again, Kawakami couldn't get his act together. <laughs> that was the story of the match. Yeah. Eventually, it got down to Sato and uh, Hayato Tamura, and they went at it for about five minutes as everyone else run block. And eventually, eventually, after Sato kicked out of Tamura's finishes, he eventually got a pinfall victory over Sato. 
And that was that. And that's the end of 60 seconds. Sad times. Yeah, yeah my heart's hurting. My heart's hurting. I wanted to take a break, but I couldn't because I was needed to watch the rest of the show. <laughs> um, I was right there with Tom, so man, I was almost in tears. But, uh, and like, and, and there's some like um, irony there with the stipulation, uh, with, with the number of stipulation, because it always feels like 60 seconds is fighting, at, at, you know, uphill at a, almost a man advantage. But if, like you said, it didn't feel like it, not only because Kayami couldn't get his act together, but they move in such a way where there are more guys than they actually are, mm. um, which makes them so fun to watch. But again, orchestra you got to you got to outlast them if you can't do that it's just go it's gonna be a loss every time and then came down to the, the final end and then he just kept stacking finishes on him until he just stayed down but you know it's uh they went down fighting if you go down fighting uh this is you look it up in the dictionary this is it that's what that looks like and uh we'll see where it goes but um it's a sad day as a glee fan right now it is. It, it, the the best looking young faction in pro wrestling sadly will not be teaming together. Sato was very angry and walked away. Tonsho and Izuki took a handshake from Tomorrow, which is, you know, a ball orchestra not known for their sportsmanship. Let's be honest. <laughs> it, it, yeah, no, you're right. I didn't even it didn't even click to me because I was like, man, I don't want to shake your doggone hand. I'm done. <laughs> Yeah, so yes, it was it was it was exceptionally well done. I, and just drama as well. I don't think they could have done it better. I know the cage match is only give it six point seven, but I think it was worth more than that. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah. You know, Sixty seconds is that faction in particularly in Gleet with it, it would just stack, you know, the with the faction that they have, there there always was the guys that were waiting to have their moment and this was you know, like like you said, the way they fought, you know, and it wasn't just because of Kayami, but they was like down 3-1 in the finals, and they was about to be put out, and they, they fought, man, but again, it's, it's vocal orchestra. Even on a bad day, they're good. You know, and that's why they're, you know, still those guys, but um, man, I don't know. You know, we just saw some, we just saw some uh, crazy stuff with, uh, like you said, Miyagi. Maybe they keep, you know, go away for a little bit and come back together and find a loophole. Yeah. Uh, maybe not necessarily come back with a group of assassins, but, <laughs> you know, find a loophole so they get, you know, the legacy of 60 seconds can persevere beyond this. I hope so, because they, they've done a brilliant job of building all three of them. Uh, yeah. Sato especially, who, when the faction first died, was kind of a bit part, and he's grown his role tremendously. Tonsho and Izuki are kind of locked in guys you need in the faction. And uh, Sato is, is, has grown so much by hanging out with them and, and tagging with them. And it's been great fun to watch. Wow. We're very emotional after that. So we needed a bit of a, a palate cleanser again. And well, this was when, it. yeah, when you've got like this big invading force, called Black Generation International, who are kind of beating everybody up. What you need to do is get on the phone and call in some aces. And by God, did they call in some aces. Al Linderman <laughs> went through his Rolodex and picked out the names Gento Miyahara of All Japan Pro Wrestling, ace of All Japan, six-time Triple Crown champion, former champion carnival winner, and Shihiro Hashimoto, the multiple-time Sendai Girls women's champion, for a mixed tag against Black Generation, Slomita, Kotoro Suzuki, and Yutani. 
I'm this was a kick in. <laughs> just, just me, Ahara, and Hashimoto and Lindemann just hurling people around. That was not to say that Black Generation International did not have a great match. Suzuki, Itani, and Flamita are absolutely fantastic. But once the Aces got a, got a steam head of steam, it was awful hard to get him to slow down, and that could not be done. Um, and there were some brilliant finishes at the end, which we'll talk about in a minute. But what did you think of this match, Marcus? Because it was fun, but there was a bit of a, a, a very serious element to it because it was stiff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, that's what we needed. It was beautiful chaos, the stiff way. You know, <laughs> you needed that. It was a good palate cleanser. It, it, you know, you also needed... I like. <laughs> Like I needed something for my heart for the last two things. I, I just, uh, but uh, this match made you need something for your chest. You know, this this was like you said, this was a lot. Um, and you know, you watch any any one of these shows, you you'll know that that the ladies have no problem lighting your chest up. Uh, you know, like uh, like it's the Fourth of July. So, um, good palate cleanser, beautiful finish with the just the crisp. Tiger suplex bridge. This <laughs> this Chris, this it's perfectly executed. That Lindemann is a, a stud, man. Um, but this is also a, a you know promotion where you'll see some of the most beautiful suplexes around. So, um, but yeah, that was a that was a great way to close out. Like we said, we needed something to you know be be more so entertaining than than you know heart dropping and stopping. So yeah, it is. It was. It <laughs> It did make me smile because Hashimoto's <laughs> finisher is the German suplex as well as Lindemann's finisher. Miyahara has a handy suplex as well. But it did mm-hmm. make me laugh that Hashimoto <laughs> got the German suplex on Yutani and then uh, Lindemann, to respect Hashimoto, didn't use the German suplex, used the Tiger suplex and stuff as well, but to save Yutani the embarrassment of being pinned by a girl. <laughs> mm. Which even, you know, so it's like, I was like, yeah, I think there's some, some agreement. We, we don't mind losing, but not to her because she's stronger than we are. Because she is. <laughs> she was easily the second strongest person. The Mamiya Hara is probably stronger because she's about a foot taller than her. But Ashimoto is probably the strongest of all of those other than Miyahara, I would think. She, she's built. I've seen her hurl people around. Um, but yeah, big match Ash, and she was on it in this particular match. And but again, Flamita, Suzuki, Yutani, just great performances as well. They did some incredible stuff. But yeah, this was just this was a blast, just absolute blast. But we had some serious business to talk next. The G Rex Heavyweight Championship. Sorry, the G Rex Championship. It's not really heavyweight when half the people wrestle for it for like 180 pounds. So what an are they? After much ado, finally challenges T Hawk. 18 minutes and 16 seconds. In a match that is the making of Watanabe as a serious main event wrestler in Glate, he's had the rocket. He didn't get there in the end, but he didn't really need to. He needed to show that he could hang with a, a top-line member of Strong Hearts and go all the way, and that's exactly what he did. So he's a made man, and that's kind of what this particular card was about. And this match was absolutely outstanding, and just what Watanabe needed to boost his career. And T-Hawk... Like all the guys in Strong Hearts, know exactly what to do to do at the right time with the right guys. And that's why I think we love this promotion. It's not difficult. This isn't hard. <laughs> you know, as far as like, you, 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 it goes back to what Gary Hart said about Dallas wrestling in the 80s. You get good athletic people, you put them together, 
and you do with a bit of class and that's what Glate is it makes everything just so much sweeter to watch because it's done so well presented so well and this was a classic example of how you finish off your main show of the year with a go-home main event that just did everything it needed to do Marcus your thoughts on this go watch this match <laughs> everything James said everything we've been talking about Watanabe, and I didn't mention this earlier but the, the kid has some of the most beautiful drop kicks you'll ever see um, but to hype the match and, and, and T-Hawk is a stud and, and just, I mean he was giving the kid hell putting him through his paces to kick kick the you know, match off and, and you know God bless him um, Soma was taking it because if that would have been a UWF match he would have went home early um, but then you know you get towards that other end, and he's putting he's putting Chan through the paces as well, giving as good as he as he gets, because it got to a point that was um, T Hawk was making him marry his knee in the face, <laughs> um, and 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 it was great too because you talk about you know it was one of them situations where. You know, he just needed to show that he could go, and he absolutely showed that he can go, and it was a, a, a unique part in the match because it felt like, you know, it threw everything he could at, at T-Hawk. I think he had threw the, the obviously, I, you know, i call it the, the out-of-space uh, drop kick, and then did those two 450s he used to do. Didn't get the second one because T-Hawk, and, and probably regrettably got the knees up with how much it looked like it hurt him. But yeah, throwing everything he could <laughs> at the champ, and then it, it got to a point where he looked—it looked like he just got punch drunk, but he wouldn't go down. And it was—it was—it was a good thing to see. And he kind of mustered one last flurry there, but he couldn't do it because again, he got another knee to the face, and and T R closed him out. But it was a hell of a match, pushed the champ to his limit. I know I think that was his second title defense, but my favorite thus far, and I'm you know, this might be premature, but maybe potentially his best defense he's gonna get. because, uh, you know, Watanabe just brought it, man. It was it was good to see, like I said, that's an early prediction because there's just so much talent coming out of this, you know, promotion and, and, and certainly coming at him we're gonna get to after the match, but Man, that was a that was a hell of a match to see. And like I said, go watch the match. I think what did Cage match give it? Um, they gave it seven. I think that that deserved a clean eight for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, maybe thirty-three votes. Go, go, go. Log on to Cage match. Push it up for us. <laughs> Get it to eight. <laughs> <laughs> okay. After a short break, we then had the UWF card. Uh, UWF rules. And the opening shirt match of the card was Mayor Fukuda, the uh, resident uh, shoot fighter for uh, UWF and for Glate, going up against Azusa Inaba from Just Tap Out, uh, which, of course, is um, Takamichi Noku's promotion, who's definitely not a living legend because he doesn't like being called a living legend, even though he is. Um, Azusa Inaba, um, who's quite the shoot specialist and definitely had one of the most entertaining matches on this card, I just kind of like if you like striking, yeah. Maya Fukuda is your woman. She can kick and she can throw bands. And there wasn't so much grappling. This this was kind of strike heavy and a bit of a stand up fight rather than a wrestling match, really. So, what did you think of this one? My girl, Fukuda, <laughs> get it again. She is in her bag. She was in her bag in this match, and. uh 
But I love it about this. Like, they weren't waiting on nothing. They weren't waiting for no openers. They were just exchanging. Like, you, like whichever one of us dropped, that's what it is. And uh, like you said, Fakuda is, is, is not scared of that. And she was giving as good as she got. And it got to that last point or that last knockdown where she, um, the young lady was just dazed. She was, I don't, she got back up, but I still feel like she was like halfway out. Like a novel was like, just like teetering, like that point of video game where like they, they let the, the the computer you facing against just stagger it so you can hit the big <laughs> cinematic finish. That's what it felt like. And she just hit her with, with three that put on her back, man, and she got on up out of there. I'm just glad she went down because it looked like it was getting it was getting hefty there with those uh those kicks. So, you know, God bless her, but Fakuda, we've seen her gradually and consistently grow and get better and get more ferocious in, in each of these bouts and she is a force to be reckoned with now. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. This is a best outing by far. Um, obviously, she had those matches with Miyagi where she was getting dominated last year going up against size, but now yeah. Miyagi's out of the equation as far as being the matriarch of the company is concerned. Fukuda's kind of on her own, and she's she's showing that growth and stuff. Um, yeah. yeah, so definitely, we'll see how she develops there. Uh, next up, we had a UWF tag team match. Hikaru Sato and Shinya Aoki go up against Ayota Yoshida and Yu Iska. This went the full 20 minutes. Um and the big showdown, big stare down between uh, Iska and Aoki at the end of the match. Um, this was fun to watch. This was, this was, you know, you don't expect these matches to go that long because they're kind of designed to not go long. But this was great. I loved it. Human chess wrestling matches. I like these things. Um, kind of more on the wrestling side than the striking side. So if you kind of, you kind of got your fill of striking and you've got your fill of grappling. Everything for everybody. I like it. This was good. What did you think of this one? It was the kind of stew that 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 fills all those spots for me. Um, you know, you you get your you get your UWF goodness, but you get it double time because it's you know extra man. And there's a tag team situation, and and uh, yeah, just had everything. This was great. Um, like you said, you get your grappling, you get your striking, um, and all of you know because of the decision. You know what I always say: run it back, mm-hmm. run it back. You know, so uh, this 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 was good. This was good. And I'm, I'm like I said, I'm looking forward to Glee. You know, getting a, a good conclusion to this, and uh, they definitely picked the right name for the match because uh, uh, somebody like you know Aoki definitely you know stands out and was doing this thing. But you know, like I said, with the full 20 minutes, so um, we're gonna need a definitive finish here, Glee. And I know you always deliver, so I can wait. Suzuki-san, are you listening to us? <laughs> Please book this again. <laughs> okay, we get to the main event of the evening, the Lidet UWF Championship. Fujita Hayato of Michinoku Pro comes in to challenge Takanori Ito in his first defense of the UWF Championship. Hayato is a badass shooter, and as his T-shirt said, keep it real. He has been known for trying to get his style of wrestling which obviously Michinoku Pro is a lucha promotion, has been one of the world's leading lucha style promotions for the last 30 years. Um, so to get shoot style over in Michinoku Pro is the devil's own job to start with. But he he is kind of a bit like Zack Sabre Jr. He is um, evangelical about Tekkers. So he was just the right guy to go up against Ito. And he takes the title in 9 minutes and 18 seconds 
in an absolute thriller. 8.2 from the cage match users. This is the highest rate match cage match I've ever given to a UWF Ledette match and well-deserved. Ito was absolutely bang on in this match. This this had everything. Strikes, submissions, everything you could go for. We know Ito is kind of big on the strikes, but when Hayato got up from that avalanche German suplex, things were going like, oh, this is not going to go as well as we originally anticipated for the great homeboys here. <laughs> and it was like all downhill from there as Hayato piled on the pressure and took the win. We went close on points as well. This was just outstanding professional wrestling. Whether you like this style of wrestling or not, you have to give props to this match for just how good it was. Um, Ito as well, which in a nice touch, wore all purple. Those were the colours. Um of the night. Yeah, but I'm just trying to think. That, yeah, you don't know. Uh, I've forgotten the guy. Nobuhiko Takada. Yeah, they are the colours of Nobuhiko Takada, who was the owner and champion and ace of the last incarnation of UWF before UWF Lidet, which was UWFI. Um, and a guy who headlined the Tokyo Dome in 1995 four times um, as the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion, protege of um, uh, originally um, Atsushi, um, Antonio Inoki, uh, but then later a, a protege of Akira Maeda um, and was in the tag team match where Akira Maeda wrote the most famous resignation letter in the history of pro wrestling when he shoot kicked Ricky Choso in the face. It was Takada who was the one he was in the Scorpion Deathlock at the time. <laughs> um, and they went off to form UWF, uh, UWF Reborn. And then when Maeda eventually closed down UWF Reborn, um, Takada opened UWFI, and that was the last incarnation. And that was really intriguing to me that Ito chose to do it on the night, this night, which was like, you know, a really big night for him, obviously, because he's made it's his first main event of an anniversary show. Um, so that was really cool. What's your thoughts on this one, Marcus? Because this, this open prior to this, this was not your thing, and now it kind of is your thing. Oh, I adore these UWF matches. Like you said, it's human chess. Hmm. It's, it's human chess in the best possible way. In the three matches that we like, if you you know, I, I think it's gradually building. Talk about the three UWF matches on this show. They represent best why you watch these matches. If that's your thing. You know, it's kind of it's one of those things. I feel like it's it's not really in between. You either into it or you're not. And I get it. We all got you know very taste. That's why you know, uh, you, you know, you got so much uh, great types of wrestling and styles and, and performers uh, across this great promotion. But this match in particular, this was ace. This was ace. But this was equally as heartbreaking <laughs> as the sixty seconds there, because we was like, they came over with the UWF towel. Me and you both shouted, Edo. And he got it, and he dropped it. And, and really, it's sad, but it's not sad in a way because, you know, you can't really be mad at it. He got put up against the right opponent to beat him. Like, Edo's one of those guys in the past that have kind of not put as much pressure on the gas for me in a lot of these situations, and here he did. And he didn't lose because he didn't apply pressure. He, he lost because it... You know, the opponent just had his number that night. Like, like you said, it's it's not lost on me that you compared uh, 
Hayato to, to Zack Sabre Jr. because he was very much turning every defensive situation he was into offense. Like that situation where I think he tried to get him in the arm bar yeah. and yeah. lock it in and about to get power bomb, slid down, transitioned to the leg to get a to get a leg bar. And then transitioned out of that to get a a, a guillotine and, and got him. And it, it was even worse about it. He was on his last point. <laughs> like when, when Ito had him up on his feet, he was tagging him and about to tagging him and about to bag him. And then it just, I, I can't be mad at it because that, what we saw happen leading up to the title change is the beauty of these matches. You can't really call it. Like you could almost call in a way the, the women's match because it did feel like the, you know, the novel was kind of just, I mean, she was dazed to the point where she was moving from side to side. But here, Nah, man, you 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 really thought Ito had it in the bag, and even though it was close, it was two one. But man, again, like I said about the last match, I need the rematch. I need y'all to run this back. I need my man Ito to to to, to find a chink in that armor and, and close this out. Maybe put a a variation on that Avalanche German. But we we ah man, this is this was great stuff. It was absolutely stunning. Can't say enough about this match. And again, go watch this card. Go watch all three of these cards, but watch this yeah. card because this might be the best card I've seen this year. It's certainly up there with Forbidden Door, which I think was probably the best card I've seen this year. Um, I think it's better than Wrestle Kingdom, this year's Wrestle Kingdom. Not that mm. Wrestle, Kingdom, Wrestle Kingdom had great matches, but it didn't have the depth this card had. This card had was this card had, apart from the, the G-Infinity Tag Team title match, this card had no misses, and that one wasn't dreadful. You know, it was watchable wrestling. Um, but, you know, Wrestle Kingdom was snappier this year because it was one night, but I don't think it quite hit the rhythm the way this card did. Um, yeah, and, and obviously we're biased because we we have the emotional, emotional build built into these matches. Yeah. You know, we covering it because it's like the second year anniversary, and, and obviously congratulations, and, you know, we lo- love you, Glee. Uh, but we've we've been here for most of it now, you yeah. know, been covering yeah. most of it. So there's there's an emotional investment that they paid off in all these situations, no matter how heartbreaking they were in certain situations, they paid it off and they, they paid it off, you know, uh, all the way through. So it's uh, like you said, I think for me, this is the best um, straight up and down cost start to finish this year for me. And it's been some great we've seen some great calls this year across you know all different promotions and what have you, but uh, this is this is this is what you do. And like I said, when you go to the Tokyo Dome, you put on you do do you do dome like stuff, and this was that. Oh yeah, it, it may only be the city hall, but you got to do it. <laughs> you know whether it's thirty five thousand or fifteen hundred, you got to do the big stuff. And um, after this match, there was no open challenger because that's kind of not a UWF thing. They did it on the last card, so. so you know, the, the lights went down. And to quote Jimmy Witherspoon, the great blues singer, singer, songwriter, you have to say, great God almighty, when the lights go out, because wow. The announcements that came after this show, well, first of all, Manura Suzuki will be back in UWF Ledet, which I think we can agree is the 
greatest thing to ever happen in professional wrestling because he'd kill us if we said anything different. <laughs> Somebody hide your young boys, man. <laughs> oh, no, it's a sweet baby face these days. Him, him and Desperado, they've turned a new leaf because they've been hanging out with uh, uh, young Ren Narita there. He, he's, he's influenced them. The fact that Narita is a cutthroat savage just like they are has nothing to do with it. <laughs> with a slightly different set of moral values. Anywho, the next one was even bigger because Collacants on the show, um, on the mega version show, which will be the, the big show on the 4th of August, um, again from Tokyo Dome City Hall, um, will feature a semi-main event of Collacants. Uh, Shima coming back out, out of injury, um, Minoru Suzuki and Katsuhashi coming up against the team of John Tonsho, rising Hayato from All Japan Pro Wrestling, and his spiritual soulmate, Hiromu Takahashi, of your LIJ and your New Japan Pro Wrestling. Now, Hayato wrestled um, on... Hayato and um, Takahashi wrestled on opposing teams at Together Again a couple of months, or last month, uh, that me and John covered... And um, essentially started a love story that needed consummation as far as I was concerned. I think I said at the time they may as well get the the uh, places in school booked for the kids in school now. Um, so, yes, yeah, so this will be interesting to see uh, how that goes on. But the last thing is flashes up on the screen and it says top secret. And the top secret is the return to professional wrestling in Japan of Mr. Kota Abushi to Glate at Virgin Mega on the 4th of August. What's your thoughts on these developments, Marcus? It's only right. You know, we've been calling for this for some time. Gleed has been great to, to build up its own promotion with a lot of great names. And, I mean, they kicked off the show with, you know, uh, and, and I love that they do that. They kick off the show to have all those guys come out and, you know, uh, show that Gleed pride. And obviously, you want to do that for the second anniversary. And, uh you know with how much of a special show was going to be, but they've done a great job to get their guys in home, home in such a way where, while it was great to see, you know, get some good outside names coming in there, it wasn't, you know, solely what they were relying on. But you know, we've been uh, calling it every time we review the show for them to grow and, and continue those collaborations, particularly with the New Japan, because I feel like that was a natural gelling. Um, you know, what talent wise and, and stuff of that nature. So it's just great. You know, obviously, like you said, Manoa's coming back and I you know, got the other names in there. Now I got, you know, Haron about to come through and, and, you know, drop off some of that, that his swagger, if you will, to the to the promotion. So it's, you know, again, continued growth. You know, they those guys wouldn't be showing up if it, if it wasn't someplace uh, worth showing up for. No, I think that's the thing. <laughs> Um, especially with Ibushi coming back because, you know, he he had a very public falling out with New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, and though apparently bridges have been mended now, apparently. <laughs> There's pretty big stiff bridges to amend, but there we go. Um, he, you know, he's he didn't have to wrestle in Japan ever again if he didn't want to. There's offers on the table, I am sure. I'm sure his good friends at All Elite Wrestling and uh, his friends in WWE would really much rather he went to wrestle for them. Um, so to make his re-debut in Japan for Glate after a couple of shows in GCW to knock the ring rust off, 
is really quite the feather in the cap for the company, and we'll see where he lands after that. Um, and obviously, there's options for him because Noah and DDT have money to burn. DDT is his natural home; it's where he started as a wrestler. Um, Noah, obviously, they were part of the Cyberfight group. There's matches in Noah he's never had, and Corey yeah. has he's had, but he's not had since the level of stardom he currently has. You know, um, it would be a major coup for them. Or he could just go back to New Japan and finish off the business he had there. But he's not announced for the G1, for obvious reasons, because he went back in time. Um, and so we'll see what happens. And, you know, it's um, intriguing that he chose Glate. But again, like you said, they won't be there if it won't worth being there. So yeah. there we are. So have you any closing statements on the second anniversary of Glate? A promotion I kind of got you into by saying, hey, do you want to come watch this with me? And you were like, yeah, right. and then yeah. <laughs> I mean, have, have been hooked ever since. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know, you, you, you've told me this before, you like, the, you know, the big wrestling encyclopedia for me, all things, you know, knowledgeable about the sport, and I definitely trust your recommendations. And, you know, once again, you, you, you're not steering me wrong, and this has been one of the... Uh, Certainly one of the best things because it came at, at a time where I kind of fell off of New Japan. You know, we've kind of had a, you know, up and down thing over the last few years with, you know, the promotion and things that have been going on and such. And, you know, even though a lot of guys that I like and, you know, uh, Ken Two shout out to Goto, I think he just had like a 20 year anniversary or something to that effect. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, so a shout out to the Goto game. But, um, yeah, it's, it's not. You know, it's been very things. It's been a lot of sporadic watching with New Japan. I feel like, you know, watching Gleet and really sitting down and, 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 you know, making myself just sit down and pay attention and, and get glued in and learn to appreciate everything. Now I'm hooked. And it's, you know, like we've been championing, it's one of the best, most consistent things you'll get in wrestling anywhere. And uh, it's free. <laughs> it's not oversaturated. Don't have all the mess and the fuss and. Also, that goes around with all these other major companies. There's just a lot of just, you know, uh, Twitter jargon and, and babble back and forth about nothing stuff. A stupid storylines. It's just, it's just, you know, what you want wrestling to be. It's simple. It's uh, beautiful and it's, it hits hard and, you know, it's, it's consistent. So, you know, very much appreciated and uh, from the company. And once again, thank you for recommending it to me. And uh, yeah, happy second anniversary to Glee, man. Go watch this show. Thank you for joining me on this journey because I think Japanese indie wrestling has been a love of mine for a very long period of time. And it's difficult to keep up with all of it because there's so much of it. And we kind of on the Troopany show of our anti-corporate wrestling, not that we're against corporate wrestling, but New Japan is corporate wrestling. It's literally owned by a corporation. Noah, DDT, TJPW, even though we, we do love those shows and we do cover those shows, again, our own boy, a corporation. Glate is not owned by a corporation. It's an indie promoter. It is a collective of wrestlers who do incredible things on a budget that's not massive, but they look at the show. It's as slick and professional as anything in pro wrestling today. It's really exceptionally well done. And it's all done on a two-camera shoot. And everyone I've pointed in the direction of Glee has said it's great. And everyone who I've pointed in the direction of Glee who were looking for something that was in more in line with a traditional wrestling show, 
bearing in mind most of their shows don't have commentary, the wrestlers are mostly Japanese, everyone gets it and everyone follows it because it is such a great show to watch that's just simple to understand. And you can, even the promos are so well animated and so even if you don't speak Japanese, we've figured out what's going on <laughs> and what people are saying just by the way people act. Hayato Tamura is one of the best promos in wrestling and he doesn't speak English. And yet I understand his promos better than some American wrestlers. So what does that tell you? It is big old fashioned pantomime wrestling done exceptionally well with a really good budget and a really good sense of proportion as far as what they are capable of presenting in a realistic manner. Doesn't outstay its welcome, does the right things, books the right people in the right places, makes young stars, relies on homegrown talent and is building a movement within the promotion. You cannot do it better than they are doing right now. This is as good as it gets. And to prove that point, look at the guys they are working with and look at the guys who are coming in, but also look where they're going. L. Linderman last week became All Japan World Junior Heavyweight Champion for the first time. Minoru Tanaka is a two-time uh, Gayora TV Champion in All Japan Wrestling. So, you know, they are connected. Some of them are living legends. Some of them are up and rising stars, but Glate's the promotion that you need to be watching right now. And like Marcus said, it is free of charge. They will love you to go watch them and support them. You can pay them. You can give them tips on YouTube if you feel that you need to, and I think you should, because <laughs> they are absolutely amazing. Um, and um, I would like to thank Hartley Jackson and uh, Quiet Storm and uh, Suzuki-san for retweeting it every time we do a show, every time we do a great review, we tag them in it, and they all retweet it for us, and they will supporting the show, the, the supporting each other on the shows that they're running, and that's what wrestling's supposed to be about. So there you go. Amen. Mm -hmm. Right. Thank you very much for listening to the Troopity Show today. It is a bit of a love letter to our favourite promotion right now, but hey, we will wear our hearts on our sleeves. What can I say? Marcus, where can we find you on the internet? Have you got a Mastodon account yet, or are you going B-Sky? Or are uh, you going to go to Threads? Or have you? Or are you going to stick to the very bitter end until it's you and Elon left? I think I might be playing a violin as the ship singing with <laughs> Staring uh, at Elon as you sing. <laughs> with, a, with a scowl. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, you can uh, find me on, on Elon's Hellscape uh, <laughs> as, 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 it, as it, it crumbles in its own way at Paradox Kid, P A R A D O X K I D. Always down the chat. You can find me at Sheriff Flamestar on the Hellscape. You can find me at Sherry Flownstar on Mastodon and Sherry Flownstar TX on Instagram. Um, that's not very wrestling-y stuff on Instagram. It's more of a kind of um, cars, and, cars and guitars kind of place for me. Um, you can find us on The Troopany Show on Twitter. And you can find us at Troopany Show. And on Discord, we have a Troopany Show podcast channel. Um, we can find us on Instagram, Troopany Show, and on Facebook, The Troopany Show. Though we don't really post there on much because... Facebook scares me. Um, <laughs> so you can find us on Patreon. We can keep us free forever for everyone. Uh, we are kind of pushing 3W Wrestling at the moment because I'm the managing editor of that. Um, and John is the deputy editor of that. We would like you to go look at that. Please do. Please go follow that. Uh, so uh, at 3W Wrestling on Twitter. If you put in 3W Wrestling, you'll find all of the stuff. We've got an Instagram account as well. You should go follow that too. 
and we're on Facebook as well. But again, Facebook scares me. Thank you very much for listening to us today. I don't know what's going on next week, but there was an awfully big TJPW show yesterday, so that might be what we're looking at. Take care, and we'll speak to you soon. Bye! Bye!